What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tease, and welcome to week 15 of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2019 NFL regular season and postseason. A special Wednesday morning edition of the show could not get the adequate amount of sleep in order to record yesterday. But this just kind of feels like, you know, coming back to your hometown, visiting your old high school. This used to be a Wednesday show, but we're only visiting. We're going to be back to Tuesday next week. And when I sit down in six days to record next week's show, hopefully we will be talking about how we've strung together back-to-back really good weeks. Because week 14, I'm going to classify that as a really good week. 12 and 4 straight up, one of my better straight up weeks on the season, has me 129.78 with the one tie straight up this season. Also had an impressive showing against the spread where I went 9, 6, and 1. We'll certainly take that with how our against the spread picks have gone this season. 9, 6, and 1 only has me 96, 109, and 3 on the season, but we could be going in the right direction after last week. Here's hoping. Over-unders, we were just underwater on the totals. 7 and 9 last week has me 100, 105, and 3. The Platinum, Gold, Silver, and Bronze picks from last week were actually quite strong. 4-0 straight up as Pittsburgh beats Arizona, Green Bay beats Washington, Minnesota beats Detroit, and Atlanta doubles up Carolina. So not only were we 4-0 straight up, 3-1 against the spread. The only one that we did not get was the Green Bay Packers covering 13 points against the Redskins. They only won that game by 5, 20-15. I thought they would have a better offensive performance. Didn't happen. At least they still got the win. So 4-0 straight up and 3-1 against the spread in those platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks. I told you to lay three points on Atlanta to take the points with Detroit at plus 13 and a half and they lost by exactly 13 so cha-ching we get we half point vegas on that one rather than getting half pointed and pittsburgh to lay the minus two and a half totals we went even money we were two and two on the totals told you to stay under 42 points in green bay washington they only get to 35 and stay under 43 and a half points in pittsburgh arizona and they only get to 40. Taking a look at both the Bridgewater's Finest and official NFL YouTube Prognosticators Pick'em Pools for week 14, for the first time in quite some time, I believe, I am now inside the top 10 in both of those pools. And in the Bridgewater's Finest pool, I've pulled up inside the top five, really made a run here in the last few weeks. Fifth place out of 37, 1,132 out of 1,656 possible confidence points. That is a clip of 68%. And in week 14, your boy won one. We got one. We're on the board. It only took 14 weeks, but we are on the board. I had the single best week in the pool this past week with my 12-4 and record, bringing in 118 of the 136 possible confidence points. That is a clip of 87%, and it was one of my high points on the season and good enough to win week 14. Justin V remains our overall leader at 134.73 and 1, so he's five picks better than I am straight up on the season. 1,178 out of 1,656 possible confidence points for a currently leading pace of 71%. And in the official NFL YouTube Prognosticators Pick'em Pool inside the top 10 once again, 
all alone in ninth place with my 129 correct straight up picks out of the 208 games played so far in the NFL. That is a clip of 62%. Not where I want to be, but we're moving in the right direction from three, four weeks ago where I believe we were sub 60. Obviously got the 12 of the 16 games correct last week for a clip of 75%, which is good news. Shout out to our co-week 14 winners, Rachel's Picks and Bailey's picks. They were both one pick better than I was last week straight up, 13 and 3 last week. That is a clip of 81% getting 13 of the 16 games picked correctly. Bubsy's picks remains our overall leader with 139 correct straight up picks out of the 208 games played on the season. That is a clip of 67%, getting much closer to where I feel you should want to be in this game, which is 70% straight up. So shout out to myself, Rachel's picks, and Bailey's picks for winning week 14, and Justin V and Bubsy's picks for remaining our overall leaders. Let's take a peek into Fantasy Corner, see how my eight fantasy football teams did in week 14 action. Now, in one case, which is my own league, the Professionals Dynasty Fantasy Football League, week 14 was the first week of the playoffs. It was also, of course, the first week of the playoffs in the official NFL YouTube prognosticators pool as well. Now, I had a bye week in that league as the number two seed, did not have an opponent last week. I don't like playoff bye weeks. I was the beneficiary of one, and I can sit here and say I still didn't like not having an opponent last week. That's just me. Now, my teams did still go 5-2 and two last week, plus the bye week where I didn't have an opponent. However, one of those two losses was a costly one. I lost my playoff quarterfinal against Tim's crazy team, in the Professionals Dynasty Fantasy Football League, which means I am eliminated from the playoffs in the first round. I will remind you, I was a one seed in that pool who did not get the benefit of a playoff bye week. And you know what? I am happier that I lost that first round matchup as a one seed against an eight than I would have been if I was sitting here with a bye just sit, sort of standing on the sidelines watching what was happening. I'm happier that I played last week and lost than I would have been being gifted a spot in the next round. I understand the argument for, well, if you're a number one or a number two seed, then you've earned that right. I understand the argument. I just don't agree with it. So next week, I do have a consolation matchup against the Tomorrowland Movers, which is Chris Carter. Right now, I think that's like a pretty close to a projected tie. Like we're very, very close in the projections. I think he might be ahead of me by a point or two. So I'm going to call that a projected loss. Obviously I got some work to do if I want to do well in the consolation round. In the, the official NFL YouTube prognosticators pool, I have a playoff semifinal matchup against the blind Canadian Cats, who I did beat in the regular season, but that was one of my more hotly contested matchups on the season. Right now, it is a projected win for me. I do have to make a move with my kicker as Brett Maher got cut, so I do have to do something with the kicking position. However, right now, I am projected to move on to the finals of the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Fantasy Football League. Thank you so much for the matchup last week, Tim. Enjoy the win. Let's see how you do from the rest, you know, for the remainder of the playoffs. I wish you nothing but the best. Let's do this thing, Cats, as well as the Movers, in week 15. And I will just take a second to mention, I did accomplish my goal. Eight fantasy football teams, 
eight playoff appearances. I am in the playoffs in every single league that I played in this season. That was my goal. Your boy made it. And I'll take this opportunity, as I always do, to remind you that if you go to the description of the video file on YouTube or of the audio file on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts like this one, hopefully, you can find all of my results from last week, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week 15 in the NFL. You can find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest or official NFL YouTube prognosticators pick em pools where you can join, put your picks up head to head against mine and the best in this community. If you win a week, get yourself shouted out on the show. You can find information on joining the NFL YouTube prognosticators Facebook page, as well as information on my great friends and sponsors at Nerd Tees. My fellow Canadians, your window is rapidly closing to get your orders in on nerdtees.ca for the holiday season. If you're one of my American listeners, your window has probably already closed, so I hope you got your orders in in time. Nerdtees.ca, that promo code is BWFINEST. You're going to save 15% on your order when you use my promo code. You're also going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over 75 bucks. Or if you're in the States, two clicks of a button, you get an excellent conversion on the US dollar. Today's blend is a blend I am very rapidly running out of, and that is Japanese Orange Cooler. A strong citrusy taste, has a really nice little smell, and like I say, I've got maybe one more cup left in my bag of leaves. Nerdtees.ca, promo code BWFINEST, save your 15%, get your free shipping, find yourself something to love, or find someone you love something to love just in time for the holidays. You can do it on nerdtees.ca. Cheers. Week 14 came with a number of marquee injuries in the NFL, which are really going to impact, I believe, how we see the games unfold here in week 15. We are going to get started in Detroit. So we're not even getting started with tomorrow night's Thursday night football game. We're going to start in Detroit, where the Lions are going to play host to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Lions and Bucks both playing for pride here. I mean, the Bucks, if they win out, they could finish 9-7. and seven. I don't even think they're mathematically still alive at that point. 9-7, and seven, I don't think is going to get it done for a wild card uh, in the NFC. I think Minnesota will just beat that record outright. They've already, they're already at 9 wins. But uh, yeah, both teams playing for pride. Detroit obviously has had a really, really terrible stretch here at six consecutive losses for the Lions, despite the fact that that offense is playing relatively well. It's just the defense has absolutely caved in on itself. Now, speaking of bad defenses, there's one on the other side, too, in the Tampa Bay Bucks. The difference being the Bucks offense has been able to bridge that gap to such a degree that, I mean, they've won three consecutive games. They've won four of their last five. They're six and seven. They've still got a legitimate shot here at finishing this season at or above 500, which I think would be a heck of an accomplishment for the Bucks. Now, unfortunately, they will have to do that sans the services of their top wide receiver. Mike Evans, with that hamstring injury, that freak hamstring injury, 
last week that he suffered on his single catch of the day, I think it was, which was a 61-yard touchdown reception from Jameis Winston, who is also limping into the game this week. But Mike Evans injuring that hamstring, and reportedly he's going to miss the rest of the season. I don't know that we've actually gotten the MRI results from his hamstring injury, but basically the way that the way that Bruce Arians talked about it originally was he was said, uh, what was his quote? I think it was, we'll be lucky if we see him before week 17. And I mean, unless you're still alive for a playoff spot, why in the world would you bring Mike Evans back for a game in week 17? So I would be shocked if we see Mike Evans again this season. Mike Evans' injury, I will say at least in part, in small part, contributed to my loss in uh, in the Professionals Dynasty League this week. Actually, I had, I think, three players in that game get injured, and then Devontae and Alvin Kamara just didn't show up. So, look, that contributed to it. That is obviously a huge blow for the Tampa Bay Bucks on the offensive side of the ball. Now, the good news on the injury front is Jameis Winston has been cleared to play. There's no real concern on the Bucks' end of him aggravating the injury that he has which I think he has a small fracture in his throwing hand which you'll think that's a big problem but look if they've established that there's not much risk for worsening the injury he looks like he's going to play and that Lions defense has completely given up even though the game is in Detroit I can't really deny a Bucks offense that continually puts up these points and yes Mike Evans is a significant part of that but they've also got a guy named Chris Godwin who's having himself a hell of a season I think the Bucks offense will survive this and they're playing against a defense that is giving them virtually no resistance so even though the game's in Detroit I actually like the Bucks in the upset here Let's take Tampa Bay. Actually, I shouldn't say an upset. They're actually the favorite in this game. Let's take the Bucks on the road in Detroit to beat the Lions. On the line, the Lions are three and a half point dogs at home. I mean, even taking into account the Mike Evans injury, I feel like this is a relatively small price to pay for the Tampa Bay Bucks team that I think is going to win the football game. So I think I'm going to lay those three and a half points. Call me stupid, I guess, if you will, not taking the home dog. But uh, I'm going to lay those three and a half points and take the Bucks minus 3.5. Total in the game set at 47.5 points. This was one of the easier totals for me on the week. I've got this game getting well over 50 points, maybe even sniffing 60. Neither one of these teams can play much defense. So I think we're going to go over the 47.5 point total in Tampa Bay, Detroit. Let's go Bucks 34, Lions 26. Let's go to Green Bay now where the Packers are obviously still embroiled in a dogfight for the NFC North. They have a division matchup this week against a Chicago Bears team that is coming in on the long week having played on Thursday last week and won on Thursday last week beating the Dallas Cowboys. But they come in with an injury concern of their own on the defensive side of the football. Packers have won two straight games and are undefeated in the division so far this year at 3-0. Chicago 7-6. They're kind of like the Bucks in that, look, their, their defense I think has played tremendously well. The offense hasn't quite kept up with it. But like the Bucks, they got a legitimate shot here to finish the season at or above 500. A win this week obviously would secure a 500 record. Not what Chicago was looking for, but still something that they can build on heading into next season. 
And it's worth pointing out, the Bears have won three consecutive games. They've won four of their last five. In the last five games, they're technically playing better from a results standpoint than the Packers are. Obviously, the Bears here have the spoiler role in mind if they want to draw some momentum from that. But like I said, they're going to be walking into this game down one of their better defensive players. And it is right in the middle of that front seven. Linebacker Roquan Smith tears his pec muscle last week against Dallas. He is out for the season. Will not see Roquan Smith playing again this year. That is a big hit to that Bears defense. And look, Green Bay has everything in the world here to play for. I think this is their final. It is, in fact, their final home game of the season. Packers are 6-1 and one at home this season. I just don't see them dropping this game. Also worthwhile to point out, Packers have won six of the last seven head-to-head -head matchups. They know how to beat the Chicago Bears, kind of like a couple weeks ago when I was talking about, look, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They know how to beat the Cleveland Browns. I'm not comparing Chicago to the Browns directly, but I am saying the Green Bay Packers know how to beat the Chicago Bears. I think they do that this week. I'm taking the Packers at home to beat Chicago, a game I don't really think Green Bay can afford to lose. On the line, the Packers are laying four and a half points as the home favorite. It's under a touchdown. I think that is a relatively accurate um, difference between these two teams. I'm going to lay those points, the lay those 4.5 on the hometown Packers since I like them to win. Total in the game is set at 41 points, and I think I'm sticking under on it. I don't have this game hitting 40. I've got this somewhere around a mid-30, so I think the game stays under. I think it's a defensive battle. I just think Aaron Rodgers and the Packers get it done. Maybe they trail this game at half and come back in the second half. Who knows? But I'm sticking under 41 points in Green Bay, Chicago. I'm going Packers 20, Bears 14. Let's go to Kansas City now for our second straight division matchup. The Chiefs are playing host to a Denver Broncos team that is playing on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games. However, did get a huge win last week. Denver absolutely stunning and dominating the Houston Texans at home like like stunning them in houston like i say second straight road game here they got to go into a division rival in kansas city that seems like they've started to figure it out however once again for the second time this season might have a little bit of a concern at the quarterback position I mean, Denver is still in that spot where they could win out and finish the season 500. I think that would be a strong finish for them. I don't necessarily think they are that football team in order to do that. However, they have won their last two straight games. But like I said, the Chiefs just look like they're a team that has figured it out. They have clinched their division now. They are the AFC West champions, sitting at 9-4 and four and winners of three consecutive games. Now, the Chiefs have done the majority of their damage this season on the road where they are 6-1. and one. They're only even money at home at 3-3, three and three, but what they are is unbeaten in the division. Four division games, four division wins. They obviously have played the AFC West incredibly well this season. Now, all eyes in this game are going to be on Patrick Mahomes, who came up after a tackle in that game last week, kind of shaking his throwing hand. According to Coach Andy Reid, he had trouble gripping the football and the hand does not feel great. Now that was on Monday, so that's 48 hours ago. He is likely to play. He may be a little bit limited in this game, which may kind of 
keep that window for Denver open a little bit more in this matchup. But what I think absolutely slams the door shut, if the 4-0 record in the division doesn't do it, I think this does. The Chiefs have beaten Denver eight straight times. And in that span, they have covered against the spread seven of those eight games. So eight straight head-to-head wins, seven and one against the spread in the last eight head-to-head. This is Kansas City's game to lose. I don't think they're going to do it at this time of year. They want to improve. They want to be as good, as well-oiled a machine as they can possibly be heading into the playoffs and likely having to take on the Patriots at some point. I'm taking Kansas City at home to beat the Broncos. On the line, the Chiefs are laying nine and a half points as a home favorite, and this number was originally higher than this. I saw this number as high as Kansas City minus 11, so it has come down quite a bit. Had a number of people, obviously, early in the week that were hammering Denver's side of that line. And I'm going to say thank you very much for that, because now that that number is under double digits at nine and a half points, I will lay those points on the home favorite. I think that number is justified. I think they win this game by 10 points or more. So I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs to cover minus 9.5. Total in the game set at 46 points. I'm going to stay under on that, but that's like a pretty darn perfect total. It's right around where I think this is going to be. Under was my lean originally, so I'm going to stick with that. Stay under 46 points. In Kansas City, Denver, we are going to go Chiefs 27, Broncos 17. Chiefs cover, number stays under. Let's go to New York now where the Giants are going to play host to the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins coming into this game like Denver on the tail end of back-to-back road games. They did lose last week on the field and lost off the roster and we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Giants come into this game losers of nine consecutive football games. Obviously the single coldest team basically in the entire NFL. Uh, Giants coming into this game also on the short week having just played on Monday night. But in a game on Monday night football where they hung with the Philadelphia Eagles who are trying to win this division and hung with them step for step. Took the game all the way to overtime before losing the game on a Zach Ertz touchdown. But like... The Giants, not that the Giants looked fantastic in that game, but man, they showed flashes that this is a better team than 2-11 would indicate. What I learned about the Giants last week is if they show any kind of defensive performance whatsoever, this is a team that's capable of winning a game or two, especially a game where they are at home against a weak offensive and weak defensive opponent, which the Miami Dolphins are, and just more so considering who is not going to be on the field or not likely to be on the field for the Miami Dolphins. Wide receiver Devontae Parker, who if you really dig into the numbers, Devontae Parker has been one of the best wide receivers in the NFL this season. But Devontae Parker suffered a concussion last week. He is currently in protocol. His status is uncertain, but based on the way people are talking and the wide receivers that Miami has been bringing up off their practice roster, there's also that injury to, I believe it's Albert Wilson in their receiving core. I don't think Miami is counting on having either of them in this game. And if Miami does not have Devontae Parker, I just don't think Miami wins on the road. In realizing that the Dolphins have as many wins in their last five games as the Giants do 
for the entire season. I think this is a good spot for the Giants to get win number three. I think they do that at the expense of the Miami Dolphins. I'm taking the Giants at home to beat Miami. On the line, the Giants are laying three and a half points as the home favorite. It is really tough to go with either one of these teams with that number. Because if you're hedging your bets, A, it's a bad hedge to begin with, and B, it's it's the Dolphins. Like, you're really trusting the Dolphins without Devontae Parker to just cover plus three and a half points. I think that's a horrible hedge, unless you like the Dolphins to win outright. And it's tough to lay three and a half points on the Giants because that's not a good football team. But I think considering it's likely going to be Eli Manning, Eli Manning can beat the Miami Dolphins by four points or more. So I think this is a relatively small price to pay, but I'm going to lay those points on the home favorite, take the Giants minus the three and a half. Total in the game set at 46 and a half points. Our second straight total that I think is pretty well perfect, but I am going to lean on the underside of it once again. That was my original lean looking at this game before I really dug into the numbers. I'm going to stick with it. Stay under 46 and a half points in Miami and the Giants. We're going to take New York 29, Miami 16. Let's go to Washington now for a division matchup of the NFC East, where two teams are going to absolutely hobble into this football game and just sort of slam into each other and see which one falls over first. The Washington Redskins playing host to the Philadelphia Eagles, who once again, the Eagles are still in this thing to try to win this division and be the sacrificial lamb on wildcard weekend to one of these NFC wildcard teams. But still, they're trying to win this division. This feels like it should be a very winnable game for Philadelphia. The Redskins are only sitting at 3-10 and 10 on the season. However, two of those three wins have come in their last five games. Skins were losers last week, once again, against Green Bay. Philadelphia picked up that overtime win against the Giants. It did take to overtime, but they got the job done. They're at 6-7, and seven, tied with the Cowboys. Right now, I believe the Cowboys hold the tiebreaker. But if Philly wins out, Philly gets the tiebreaker. Philly wins the division. It's shocking that this is even a competition at this point because, I mean, the Cowboys have dropped three straight games. But still, the Eagles are right there. They've got a chance to win this thing. However, the Eagles were decimated, decimated by injuries this past week. And again, the Skins aren't walking into this game healthy either, but holy cow, Philadelphia. And let's just go with the two at the top. Alshon Jeffrey at the wide receiver position. He injured his foot. He was carted off last week. He is officially done for the year. So are the Eagles going to try to sign somebody from the free agent pool to try and replace some of that production from Alshon Jeffrey? Interesting to find out. But he's done for the year. He will not be playing in this game. Philly's left tackle, Lane Johnson, got his ankle rolled up on. He is listed as out indefinitely. We may not see Lane Johnson again this season. Philly may be trying to win this division without their starting left tackle. That is big time bad news. Lane Johnson, one of the best in the game. Like I mentioned, the Redskins not coming into this game fully healthy. Darius Geis spraining his MCL. He has already been ruled out this week. He may miss the rest of the season because, look, obviously young guy has had bad luck with injuries early in his career. You can't make the playoffs, so really do you want to try to roll him back out here before the end of the season or just shut him down, make sure he comes back into camp next season at 100% health? I know what I would do but I don't run the Redskins. 
Now, speaking of running the Redskins, the Eagles have kind of run the Redskins in recent memory. Phillies won five straight head-to-head matchups. However, that did snap a streak of five consecutive wins by Washington before those five games, and that streak dated back to 2014. Also worth noting, the Redskins did cover plus 10.5 against the spread in September when these two teams played the first time. So do I think Washington's going to cover against the spread? Actually, I kind of do when we talk about the spread. But it doesn't stop there. Upset special. The Washington Redskins beat the Philadelphia Eagles in Washington this week. I don't think Philly can sustain those two big losses on offense with how Honestly, and I hate to say it against a player that I like, how mediocre Carson Wentz has looked in most of this season. That Philly offense, I don't think is great. They were only able to do what they did against a Giants defense that was tired from already playing four quarters. They went out there for overtime. They weren't ready for overtime. Philly goes down the field and scores. On that drive, the offense looked great. But you're not going to have Alshon Jeffrey. You're not going to have Lane Johnson, I don't think. So I think this is a prime spot for an upset to happen. I believe it is going to happen. Washington and Adrian Peterson, the seemingly ageless Adrian Peterson at the running back position. I think the Redskins get the upset victory here. So, on the line, Skins are a four and a half point dog at home. I like them to win, so I'm more than happy to take those four and a half points. Take Washington plus 4.5. Total in the game set at exactly 40 points. I have to stay under on it. I only have this game in like the low 30s. I don't think this hits 35, much less hits 40. So, we are going to stick under 40 points in Washington, Philly. Skins 17, Eagles 14. Washington wins. Well, this is a rarity. I'm not even halfway through the games and my tea is already all gone. Guess I needed the extra pick-me-up this morning. Let's go to Carolina where the Panthers are going to play host to the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle coming into this game on the tail end of back-to-back road games. Seattle lost last week. They're also coming into this game with a significant injury in their backfield. Panthers are playing for pride, if you want to call it that, from 5-3 and three to 5-8 and eight over their last five games. Five consecutive losses for the Panthers and a defense that, I've talked about it for a couple of weeks now, that defense has completely caved in on itself, which is really unfortunate because it kind of looked like maybe the Panthers were going to be something this season. Turns out that's not the case. Seattle at 10-3, and like I said, lost last week, but that was their first loss in their last five games. So they're playing some excellent football heading into the postseason. I so wish I could have squeaked through in the Professionals Dynasty League because Russell Wilson's my Dynasty quarterback and he gets to play Carolina this week. So I just like, oh, just, just come on, just squeak through to the next round. But you know what? It is what it is. Obviously, I like the potential of Seattle's offense here in an upside position against a Carolina defense that doesn't look like they're trying anymore. But like I mentioned, Got an injury issue in Seattle's backfield, and that is Rashad Penny. He sprained his ACL last week. Rashad Penny done for the season. This is the Chris Carson show officially for the rest of this season and playoffs. Let's see what he's got. 
Now, when I say that Carolina's defense has completely caved in on itself, like, you know, what, what do I mean? Like, how bad could it possibly be? Well, let's look at their last four games. They gave up 40, 29, 34, and 29. They're averaging allowing 33 points per game over their last four. That is the second worst mark in the NFL over that span. The only one that's worse is Jacksonville, who we have not talked about yet, but that is as many points allowed per game as the Miami Dolphins over that span. It's one point worse, in fact, than the Oakland Raiders and how bad their defense has played lately. They're just not getting it done, and the offense is no longer keeping pace with that either. Uh, This is a game that Seattle absolutely needs in order to keep pace in the NFC wildcard situation. Look, this division is not out of reach. San Francisco's only 11 and two. Seattle's only a game back. They've got a couple of home games coming up to end the season. This is a game they cannot afford to lose as far as I'm concerned. So we are gonna take the Seattle Seahawks on the road in Carolina to beat the Panthers. On the line, Panthers are six point dogs at home. I mean, you can consider a hedge here if you really want to, but I think hedging on that defense is a spot where there's not a lot of money to be made. So I'm going to lay those six points. It's under a touchdown. I think that's a realistic difference. I'm laying Seattle minus six in Carolina. Total in the game set at 48.5 points. I have this game at a mid-50, so I feel pretty good about going over 48.5 points in Seattle, Carolina. Let's take Seahawks 31, Panthers 24. They make a game out of it. Speaking of Jacksonville, let's talk about Jacksonville. Jacksonville will be traveling to Oakland to take on the Raiders. Significant injuries on both sides in this football game. Two of the worst defenses over the last month to five to six weeks in the NFL. Jags have lost five straight games, and this isn't exactly a spot where they can look at it like, oh, you know, we can can play a spoiler here because it's not a division opponent. And all the Raiders are really trying to do, maybe, is to finish the season 500. They can't catch the Chiefs anymore for the division. If they finish the season 500, that would be a good accomplishment for them. But they've lost three games in a row in their own right and are under 500 against teams in the AFC at only four and five. Now, granted, so is Jacksonville. They're only at four and six, but that's all four of Jacksonville's victories this season have come against AFC teams. Like I mentioned, injury concerns on the offensive side of both teams here. For Jacksonville, it's DJ Chark. Has an ankle injury, was seen in a walking boot after the game. He is considered week to week. I would be shocked if DJ Chark plays this week. We may not see Chark again this season. On the Oakland side, Josh Jacobs has apparently been playing with a fractured shoulder since week seven. Now, I mean, it could be a very minor thing, but like it's a running back. What's what's one of the things they talk about with, you know, running backs lowering the shoulder? Dude's been playing with a fractured shoulder for two months. That's crazy. That is a tough dude right there. So, he's been playing with that injury. He did not play last week. He has an MRI scheduled this week. His status is uncertain, but the feeling seems to be, from everything that I've been reading, he could be shut down for the rest of the season. And look, if he is, 
I think he's still going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's had such a tremendous season. He is all of a sudden the backbone of that Raiders offense, which can show that it can do some stuff this season. So you've got the absence of two big guns on the offensive side for each of these teams, you know, one for each. Two pretty bad defenses. Ah, boy. I think I've got to defer to the team that is playing better on the offensive side. And I'm going to be perfectly honest. I kind of think that's Jacksonville. And that's really tough to say about a team that has not hit 14 points in three of their last four games. But I could say almost the same thing about Oakland. They have two games in their last four where they didn't even hit 10. Who am I going to trust? I'm going to trust Gardner Minshew. I'm going to trust Minshew Mania to go into Oakland and pick up the victory this week. I'm taking Jacksonville on the road in Oakland to beat the Raiders. On the line, this is a spread that I have absolutely no idea why the spread is this large. Jacksonville is a six and a half point dog. Oakland is laying six and a half points as the home favorite. So this is a spot where like, look, if you were thinking about hedging on Seattle and Carolina, save yourself some money and hedge on this game. Jacksonville plus six and a half all day long. If Jacksonville loses this game, it's going to be tight because neither one of these teams is very good. Six and a half points is a number that you hedge either way. I think that is Vegas giving you an early Christmas present. I will say thank you very much and I will take those six and a half points, especially since I like the Jags to win the game outright. Totaling the game set at 45 and a half points. I've got this thing at like a high 40 approaching a 50, even with the absence of DJ Chark and the absence of Josh Jacobs. So I think I'm going to lean over on this one. Let's go over 45 and a half points in a battle of two bad defenses, Oakland and Jacksonville. Jags 25, Raiders 24. Let's go to Arizona now. Cardinals are going to play host to the Cleveland Browns. Not a whole heck of a lot to say about this game either way. It's not a game that has any kind of playoff implication. I mean, look, if Cleveland wins out, they can finish the season 9-7. and seven. That's nice. Maybe they would be looking at, like, the wild card conversation or kind of at least knocking on the door. I'll put it this way. Cleveland's still alive. If they get to 9-7, and seven, they're still alive. They're in the conversation. So I guess that is something in and of itself for Cleveland to play for. They've been playing pretty darn well lately, in fact. Four wins in their last five games. They were a winner last week. Arizona is a team that truly has nothing to play for. Losers of six consecutive games, three, nine, and one. Who knows? Maybe they're tanking. Maybe they're trying to just improve the draft position. I don't expect to see a ton out of the Arizona Cardinals this week because it's not really a spot, not really a game I would think the Cardinals would get up for. Like it's now it is their final home game of the season. So maybe they do want to, obviously they want to have some kind of a performance in the game, but it's not like it's a big opponent for them to get up to. It's the Cleveland Browns. They're in the opposite conference. It's not like the Browns are fighting for a playoff spot. So they're not really, really looking at this like it's a, like it's, you know, a real underdog, you know, upset thing. Let's play spoiler. I like the Browns here. Browns are the better football team or have been the better football team lately. I guess we can say that. I like the offensive upside. Kareem Hunt finally found the end zone last week. And I was like, ha, thank you for uh, having the foresight, Justin, to hold on to him in your dynasty league. He found the end zone. That was fantastic. It's just, 
look, I get it. I get that people hate Kareem Hunt. And I'm not going to tell you you're wrong for hating Kareem Hunt. On a personal level, I kind of hate Kareem Hunt too. But I like what I see on the football field. And I can choose to focus on that at least in temporary little chunks. So it was just nice for me to see Kareem Hunt find the end zone, justify the fact that I held on to him in my Dynasty League. That's all I'm saying. No endorsement, obviously, of what he did or him as a person. I think the Cleveland Browns win this football game on the road in Arizona. That's the way I'm going to go. Cleveland beats the Cardinals. On the line, the Cards are two and a half point dogs at home. It's not a good hedge position. I like Cleveland to win. It's a small price to pay. So I'm going to lay those two and a half points. Take Cleveland minus 2.5. Total in the game set at 48 points. I've actually got this thing hitting a low 50. I think it hits 50 points. So 48, it's not going to fly over, but I think it does go over. So we're going to go over 48 points in Arizona, Cleveland. We're going to go Browns 32 Cardinals, 20. Let's see Baker Mayfield flex some of those offensive muscles. Let's go to Los Angeles now where the Chargers are going to play host to the Minnesota Vikings. Obviously, the Vikings have a ton to play for here. They are deep in that battle to try to win the NFC North with the Green Bay Packers. Minnesota has not had a great season away from home. They're treading water. All four of their losses this season have come away from home. Now, granted, they're playing a team this week in the LA Chargers that have only won two of their six home games so far this season. So they haven't exactly shown up in their own building for their own fans. Like, obviously one of the most frustrating teams for me personally and in the NFL this season because you're three games under 500, but you're outscoring your opponents by 38 total points this year. So you've scored more than you've allowed, but somehow you've just managed to blow some of these really, really tight games. In saying that, the Chargers are coming off of a football game where they put up 48 points on offense, sorry, 45 points on offense, back-to-back games where they've scored at least 20. I think maybe the offense is figuring it out a little bit. The defense, certainly a better performance last week than they had over their last three, where they only allowed 10 points to, I believe it was the Jags, was it not? So look, maybe they're turning things around a little bit here in the late part of the season. They want to finish the season strong, have something to build on towards next season. The Vikings, their offense is playing very, very well. 26 points a game over their last four. Uh, The defense was kind of questionable prior to last week when they only gave up seven points against Detroit but Detroit is not a good football team you could make the argument that the Chargers are not a great football team I've made the argument in fact that the Chargers are not a very good football team in saying all that I'm gonna say this upsets happen and I think this is the watershed week in the NFC North I think this is the week that Green Bay wins and Minnesota loses And Green Bay wins that division. I'm taking the LA Chargers at home in a tight football game. And maybe this is the sign that I've finally gone insane. Chargers beat the Vikings in Los Angeles. On the line, Chargers are two and a half point dogs at home. Obviously, it's not a good hedge spot here if you like Minnesota to win. But I'm taking the Chargers, so I'm taking those two and a half points. Chargers plus 2.5. Total in the game set at 44.5 points. Another pretty well perfect total. I was leaning on the over before I kind of did the numbers here. 
And I think that's what's going to hold true here. We're going to go over 44 and a half points in Los Angeles, Minnesota. Write it down and remember who told you. Chargers 24, Vikings 22, Chargers win. Let's go to Dallas now. Cowboys on the long week and get to come home playing host to a Los Angeles Rams team that looks like they've turned the corner. Don't you dare, if you're the NFC, don't you dare let the Rams into the playoffs. That's got upset in wildcard weekend written all over it. Look, 11 and 5 might do it. If the Rams win out, 11 and 5 might get you into a wildcard spot. Look, the NFC is such a, like, the wildcard situation is so tough with Seattle being so good. You got whoever doesn't win between Green Bay and Minnesota, they're going to get a wildcard spot. So it's, it's obviously really, really tough here to say what exactly the win total might be to get a wild card, but 11 and 5 might be good enough. Rams are winners of two consecutive football games, playing rather well, actually, in the last couple of games feel like they've turned a corner on both sides of the ball. Meanwhile, the Cowboys have dropped three straight, four of their last five. They're in a dogfight to try to win this division. They're only at six and seven. They're going to lose on wildcard weekend if they get in. Well, But you know what? Don't get mad. The Eagles are going to lose on wildcard weekend if they get in as well. But when I say this Rams team has turned the corner over the last couple of games, look, they've scored 28 points and 34 points in their last two outings, only allowed a combined 19 points on the defensive side. This is a team that has turned the corner and said, look, if we're going to do this thing, we got no more room for error. We got to do it now. And I just don't think the Dallas Cowboys have shown me anything over the last month, really, three weeks at least, but close to a month that makes me believe that this team is going to beat the LA Rams the way the Rams are playing right now. So unless the Rams completely fall back down to earth in the span of that single game in a vacuum, I think the Rams win this football game outright, and that's the way I'm going to go with it. I'm going to take the LA Rams, even though Dallas is on the long week and got a little extra rest, I'm going to take the Rams on the road in Dallas to beat the Cowboys. On the line, this has been an interesting line. The line opened with Dallas as a three-point favorite, so I wish I would have grabbed that. It has come all the way, crossed the zero, in fact. The Rams are now a single-point favorite on the road in Dallas, and I totally understand it. I like the Rams to win. It's the smallest of prices to pay, so I'm going to lay that single point on the Rams minus one. Total in the game set at 49 points. This was like a literal perfect total because when I finally capped this game, I landed on 49 points. So I adjusted the way I capped it a little bit. It's a coin flip. I literally flipped a coin. It landed on heads. Heads was over. So we're going to take the over 49 points in Dallas, Los Angeles. Take the Rams 27, Dallas 23. So it only gets to 50, barely gets over. Rams win. Let's go to Pittsburgh now. Steelers at home playing host to the Buffalo Bills. I believe this might be the final home game. It is the final home game for the Steelers this season. They're 5-2 at home. They've had a good season at home. They're still fighting to try to get into a wild card spot there. They've won three consecutive games. They've won four of their last five. The Steelers have turned things around, especially on the defensive side of the football, where that defense remains underrated. 
The Bills, however, their defense is not underrated. They're just playing good, and they've been good virtually all season. Nine and four on the year. They're five and one away from home this season. They're playing incredibly well. They're also six and three against the AFC, which Pittsburgh is as well. Now, granted, Buffalo did wind up on the short end of the stick last week, but we expected that they would having to play the Baltimore Ravens, which most teams will when they have to play the Baltimore Ravens. So I don't put a ton of stock into that loss last week. I think Buffalo was in that football game, played well in that football game, relatively well anyway. It does not impact my feelings on whether or not they can go into Pittsburgh and beat the Steelers. I legitimately think that they will go into Pittsburgh and beat the Steelers. I just don't think for as good as the Steelers defense has played lately. And look, they have not given up more than 17 points in the last three games or more than 21 points in the last four. This Pittsburgh defense is playing well. It's the offensive side that I'm really still not sure of. And look, you can kind of say the same thing about Buffalo, although they've started to kind of pick up their offensive performance a little bit over the last month. And I realize Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be back fairly soon, if not this week. James Conner is going to be back fairly soon, if not this week. But in their first game back, in both of their first games back in action you can't tell me that they're not coming back at least a little bit early for the injuries that they have because pittsburgh is trying to fight so desperately to get into the playoffs so you can't tell me that they're both 100 percent. i don't believe that so they're going to put these guys out there in the first game back my expectations are are very tepid for both of those players on the offensive side you're playing one of the best defenses in football I like Buffalo in this game. I'm going to take the Bills on the road in Pittsburgh to beat the Steelers. Maybe I'm wrong. I kind of feel like I'm right, though. On the line, Steelers are laying two points as the home favorite. I totally understand that, but I will say thank you very much. I like the Bills to win. Let's take Buffalo plus two. Total in the game set at 36.5 points. I think that is our lowest total of the week, is it not? It is, in fact, and I'm still going under on it because I don't think this game hits 30. So we're going to stay under 36.5 points in Buffalo, Pittsburgh. I'm going to go Bills 17, Steelers 9. I don't think the Steelers find the end zone in this football game against Buffalo. Buffalo makes a statement, stakes their claim to a wild card spot in the AFC. That's what I think happens. And the last game we're going to look at before we get into the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week 15 sees the New Orleans Saints at home playing host to the Indianapolis Colts, playing their second consecutive game on the road, coming off of a loss last week. Not all gravy for the Saints, however, they've got an injury issue on the offensive side. So Saints have wrapped up their division. They know they're going to the postseason. This is now a battle of positioning. Like the one of the buys in the NFC is still there. And in real life football, I want that bye week because I want my team rested and ready to go. So the Saints still have plenty to play for because they aren't necessarily in a driver's seat to get one of those bye, bye weeks. I want to make sure if I'm Sean Payton and I'm running the New Orleans Saints, I want that bye week. So they still want to win football games. No question about it. The Indianapolis Colts are in a position where they have to win football games. They've lost three consecutive four of their last five, but this division is not out of reach. 
Houston's at eight and five, but that defense is not very good. Tennessee is at eight and five. Their offense is playing great. Their defense is pretty good. They've won four straight games. Indy has got to start winning and hoping the teams ahead of them start losing some football games here. It's not completely out of the water yet, but like the Colts have to start winning. The Colts will be helped out by the fact that Jared Cook will probably not play in this game. He suffered a concussion on his second touchdown catch of the game last week for New Orleans. He is in protocol. His status is uncertain. I would be surprised if he played. The Saints have enough tight end depth that they can afford to sit Jared Cook for a week. Let him get healthy because, look, they know they're going to the playoffs. They know they're going to have a home playoff game. Like they want all hands on deck and Jared Cook is a pretty big pair of hands in the receiving game. So I'd be surprised if you see him play. But I just feel like it's still a really tough spot for Indy to have to try to go into New Orleans and beat Drew Brees, especially after the offensive performance that Drew Brees put up against San Francisco last week. What a performance. What an incredible game that was. I just don't think the Colts win this game. So we are going to go with the Saints at home to beat Indianapolis. On the line, however, the Saints are eight-point favorites, and I just think that's way too many. Indy's a desperate football team. Maybe even if you want to call this a backdoor cover, I just think eight points is too many in this spot. I'm hedging my bets, and I'm taking the Colts plus the eight points. Who knows? A desperate team. Maybe they even come up and win this game outright. I still like the Saints to win, but I'm hedging my bets and going Indy plus eight. Total in the game set at 46 points. Pretty well another perfect total. Kind of a lean for me, but I was leaning on the over originally. I'm going to stick with that. Let's go over 46 points in Indianapolis, New Orleans. We're going to go Saints 27, Colts 21. Okay, folks, here we go. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week 15 in the NFL. We start, as always, with the bronze pick, which is a pick that I swept out of the park last week, straight up against the spread and over under, one across the board. That has me 6-8 and eight straight up, 4-10 and 10 against the spread, and only 6-8 and eight on the total for the bronze pick this season. My bronze pick sees the Tennessee Titans at home playing host to the Houston Texans. And I think this is Tennessee's football game all the way. That offense is playing incredibly right now. It's churning through the air. It's churning on the ground. The defense has been pretty consistently strong all season. And you cannot say the same about the Houston Texans. Houston's defense not playing nearly well enough to justify the spot that they're in at 8-5. and five. Their offense has been really good, 317 points on the season. The defense has given up 309, and in the last month or so, the Texans' defense has not been good. 38 points allowed last week, 31 points, uh, sorry, 22 points the week before that. That's not bad. A couple weeks ago, they gave up 41. This is not a strong defense, and I think this is a defense that the Tennessee Titans, who are scoring 38 points a game over the last month, will be able to exploit, even though they're two teams that know each other incredibly well. We're definitely on the Tennessee Titans in this one. Worth noting, the Titans have won three of the last five head-to-head matchups, which did snap at least a five-game win streak for Houston, which dated back to 2014. But Titans have gotten the better of the head-to-head lately. The favorite in this matchup has also covered eight of the last ten times against the spread. I like the Titans here. Let's take Tennessee at home to beat Houston. 
On the line, the Titans are only a three-point favorite here at home. I love that number. I like them to win. It's a small price to pay on a really good offense right now. So we're going to lay those three points. Take the Titans, minus three. Total in the game set at 50. I get it right around a mid-50 is where I've got this capped. So I do think this thing doesn't sail over, but I think it goes over on the last score of the game. So we are going to go over 50 points in Houston, Tennessee. Let's go Titans 32, Texans 22. Tennessee straight up. We're hammering Tennessee minus three against the spread in a game that goes over 50 points total. That is my bronze pick. My silver pick where I'm 11 and three straight up, six and eight on the uh, against the spread and seven and seven, even money on the totals this season, sees the San Francisco 49ers playing host to the Atlanta Falcons. This is not a division matchup, but it is an NFC matchup. And it's two teams that come in with injuries on both sides. Obviously, the San Francisco 49ers have to keep winning. They got a team behind them in Seattle that absolutely wants to win this division, wants to guarantee home playoff games. That's what the Seahawks want. That's what they're going to desperately claw for down the stretch. And they got a couple of home games at the end of the season to try to get that done. This is not a game that the Niners can afford to lose against a Falcons team that, look, Looked excellent last week. Put up, what, 40 points? They've won three of their last five games. This is a team that has played much better lately. However, they're only 4-9. and nine. They're not playing for anything other than the spoiler role, which I don't think is going to be crazy strong here. Now, like I said, injuries on both sides. Big injury for the Falcons. Wide receiver Calvin Ridley, another member of my dynasty team. Possibly another reason why I lost this week. Suffered an abdominal injury. He's done for the year. And it doesn't shock me. You might as well sit him down. Calvin Ridley, I think, is going to be... Like, he's that Juju Smith-Schuster type, almost, where he's he's playing second fiddle on his team, like when Antonio Brown was in Pittsburgh. He's playing second fiddle, but he may arguably be the best wide receiver on that team. And it's funny, because Julio Jones played the exact same role when Roddy White was there. Like, Roddy White was the bigger name, but Julio Jones, arguably for a couple of seasons, was the better receiver before he really broke out and became the number one. Now, on the Niners side of things, a couple of injuries on the defensive side. D Ford on the defensive line, the second time mentioning him in like three weeks, I think. He suffered a hamstring injury. He may have, That may have even been the same injury. He may have re-aggroed it. He is likely to sit for the rest of the regular season. San Francisco knows they're going to the playoffs, so you might as well sit him out, get him healthy for when the games really, really matter. And in the secondary, Richard Sherman at the cornerback position. He suffered a hamstring injury. He's likely to miss this week as well as next week. Get him healthy for the season finale heading into the playoffs. Um, even with the injuries on the defensive side, I really don't like the offensive prospects of the Atlanta Falcons, Sons, Calvin Ridley. Julio Jones, I don't think, has really been lighting the world on fire for the last few weeks. I think this is still an excellent spot for the Niners. They're at home. We're going to take San Francisco in this one all day. Niners get the win. San Fran beats Atlanta. On the line, San Francisco favored by 11 points, which was a tough one for me to grab, but I still think I'm going to lay those points on the favorite. I think the number's relatively justified. Uh, I mean, if Calvin Ridley was playing, no, but uh, I think the number's relatively justified. And I'm going to lay those points. San Francisco, minus 11. 
Total in the game set at 47 points. I've got this game at a high 40. I think it does get over 50, in fact. So I think we're going to go over on this number, over 47 points in San Francisco, Atlanta. Let's go Niners 32, Falcons 17. Niners straight up. We're hammering the Niners minus 11 points against the spread in a total that goes over 47 points. That is your silver pick. My gold pick where I'm 12 and two straight up, six and eight against the spread and only five and nine on the totals this season, sees the New England Patriots on the road in Cincinnati taking on the Bengals. Obviously we had this whole, they were filming the Bengals practice and I really don't think that that's the reason that I don't think New England needs to film Cincinnati Bengals practices to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. I'll put it to you that way. Uh, I realized there was obviously a conflict there and I realized they broke a rule and New England knows they broke a rule and they admitted as such. They said, look, this is not what we meant to do, but we did do it. We apologize, but it's not like they need to do that to beat the Bengals, folks. Like, let's 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 be realistic here. So obviously New England playing for what they're always playing for, which is to win this division. Look, they're only a game up on Buffalo. I think Buffalo wins this week. Obviously New England has to win in order to maintain the pace ahead. Cincinnati only has one whole win on the season. Obviously, this would be the ultimate upset were it to happen. And it's worth mentioning that Tom Brady is not exactly 100% healthy heading into this week. He had an issue with his throwing elbow. He may be a little bit limited, but even if New England only runs the football, Cincinnati's not going to be able to stop him on the ground. So obviously, we like New England here. Let's take the Patriots on the road to beat Cincinnati. On the line, the Bengals are nine and a half point dogs at home. Totally understandable. Totally justified. I'm laying the nine and a half points. It's less than double digits. I'm not even going to give it a second thought. Patriots cover minus nine and a half. Total in the game set at 40 and a half points. I've only got it at a mid 30, so I'm going to tell you to stay under on it. Let's stay under 40 and a half points in New England, Cincinnati. We're going to go Patriots 26, Bengals 8. Patriots straight up. We're going to hammer the Patriots minus nine and a half against the spread in a game that stays under 40 and a half points. That is your gold pick and your platinum pick where I am 12 and two straight up, only five and nine against the spread and over under. Sees the Baltimore Ravens at home playing host to the New York Jets. Now, both of these teams do have injury concerns. One on, big one on offense, obviously for Baltimore and one on defense for the Jets. Now, the Jets have been playing some pretty damn good football as of late. They've won four of their last five. They won last week. They're at five and eight. If they win out, they can finish 500, which is kind of shocking to me. Now, look, I don't think they're going to do that because I don't think they even do that this week. But the fact that they're even in that position where they could win out in the season's last three weeks and finish 500, that's a pretty darn big accomplishment, I would think, for the New York Jets. Once again, this is the game that's being played on Thursday Night Football. The Ravens, they know they're going to the dance at 11-2. They have not yet clinched the division, although the win this week will clinch the division for them. They've won nine consecutive football games. They have only lost two games on the season. Granted, both were against AFC opponents, but I don't think that's going to happen this week against the New York Jets. In saying that, 
Lamar Jackson has been limited in practice this week. Mark Andrews has a knee and thigh injury. His injury is considered minor per Ian Rapoport. He is expected to play, but who knows? He could very well be limited. And so much of that offense is funneled through Mark Andrews and those tight ends. I think they've got enough depth that even if Mark Andrews didn't play, I think they'd be able to make up for it, but still it's worth monitoring. For the Jets, Quinnen Williams on the defensive line, he has a neck stinger. His status is uncertain. He may be a guy that maybe the Jets even look at shutting down for the rest of the season. It's not like the Jets are really playing for much more than pride at this point in the season, but it's worth monitoring to see what's going to happen with Quinnen Williams. Obviously, we are on the Ravens in this game in a big, bad way. Let's take Baltimore at home to beat the Jets. On the line, however, Baltimore a 14 and a half point favorite at home against the Jets. And I just think that's too many points. You're talking about a Jets team on the offensive side that over the last month has played relatively well. And the offense has been playing about as well as the defense has. And the defense has been pretty consistently good over the last month or so. I understand Baltimore is this juggernaut like they're scoring 33 points a game they're only giving up 12 this is a tremendously strong football team but with the limitedness of their quarterback and with the injury at tight end and with the fact that they've already locked up a playoff spot I mean look I don't think Baltimore has much reason to blow the Jets out of the water here so I'm actually taking those points I'm going to take the Jets plus 14 and a half at Baltimore Total in the game set at 45 points. I've only got this thing at a mid 30. I don't think it hits 40. So I feel comfortable staying under on it. We're going to stay under 45 points in Baltimore, New York. Let's go Ravens 24, Jets 10. Ravens straight up, but we are taking the Jets plus 14 and a half against the spread in a game that stays under 45 points. That is your platinum pick. As I look up from my recording, I look out my window and I see it's snowing. Tis the season to be... I don't want to... I can't sing too much because it, you know, I, copyrights. Come to think of it, I think tis the season is in the public domain. So, hey, I'm okay. Okay, folks, those are your picks for week 15 in the NFL. It is time now for the patented comment of the week. Comment of the week from the week 14 episode is going to go to my boy Andrew Warren, fellow NFL YouTube prognosticator, who said this. I agree about my Patriots, Justin, and this was, of course, in reference to the Patriots-Chiefs game from last week, where I took the Chiefs to win by three. Our problem is that Tom Brady has nobody to throw to. I love our defense, but I don't think Brady has offense to pull it out. I'm hoping I'm wrong, but it should be a good game to watch. Good luck this weekend, buddy. I'll be looking forward to this game this week. It was a pretty darn good football game. I will say that. I wouldn't say that Brady has nobody to throw to. I mean, look, he's got Julian Edelman, but he's he may only have Edelman. And Keel Harry, I think, is going to be an excellent wide receiver in this league. I don't think he's quite there yet. On the tight end side, I, like, I think they need improvement there. And obviously, they lost one of the all-time greats. So I think they do need to improve there, and I do think they do need to pick up a wide receiver whose name is not Antonio Brown. And please no one hire Antonio Brown again. Andrew, yours is the comment of the week from the week 14 episode, and good insight onto your Patriots. Ladies and gentlemen, week 15, 
It is in the books, and holy cow, my recording time is almost an hour and a half, so let's start cutting this bad boy down. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the games in week 15. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by my empty cup of nerd teas because it was just that delicious. I had to finish it all off. Enjoy the games in week 15. Don't worry. The punishment is coming. I just need to find the right time to do it. Enjoy the games. We'll see you again for our Sweet 16 of the 2019 season.